now got in for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two, Derek Jeter. Welcome to Overflow. Last night and all into today, the world's talking about Derek Jeter, and he's a polarizing figure, uh, especially his send-off has been a polarizing figure, and true to the Overflow format, we're going to take something that's going on uh, in the world and try to find a parallel to that inside of wrestling. I'm joined by Christian Piles, my man CP. How's it going in Virginia, Christian? What's well, good, Willie? Everything's great here. It's a beautiful fall day. <laughs> uh, good sports night last night with uh, Jeter and and uh, the Redskins. Me and Christian are both Redskins fans, but Eli kind of yeah, let us so what was So what was good about it? Jeez, that wasn't good. Well, it was. There was a lot of stuff to do. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, there was right, a lot of stuff to watch in Liu while we're while we're waiting for the wrestling world, um, the regular season to come into play. But uh, uh, Derek Jeter, um, kind of a polarizing figure. Some of you guys probably uh, see this flash or hear the opening and um, are like, uh, you know, enough enough of the Jeter talk. But I wanted to kind of uh, play that into into wrestling and we'll get to that in a little bit first segment where i messed up uh last time on unreasonable expectations i don't think that i said anything incorrect there wasn't a whole lot of uh people trying to correct me but uh maybe that's a bad thing maybe i'm not being controversial enough i don't know um but we'll move on to what's trending uh you know what we released the other day was the flow premier league about um a professional professional wrestling and getting some of our senior level athletes and we like to call them pros um to still have a place to wrestle and still be on the marquee and 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 be on the big stage uh and and the the response to that was really uh an excited response better than i anticipated um and then today uh tr foley from intermat uh wrote in his um mailbag that uh he's skeptical about it um about the long-term success and and it's to in my opinion it's a fair point you know every league that has ever tried every circuit that's ever tried to do um a professional wrestling or senior level wrestling um has failed that's a fact uh so there's nothing to argue about there that's a fair point um but in my opinion i think we're doing it the right way i think we have the right people people in place and uh i think i think flow wrestling is kind of insulated from some things that which which sets us up for um success um christian your your thought on maybe uh the flow premier league uh in general uh start there sure yeah well my my take on foley's um mailbag and yeah like you said he's right i mean there is no precedent for this and that was kind of the crux of his point and why he's skeptical is there's no precedent but where where was the precedent for flow wrestling in, in 2006 and this long before you or i were were involved but there was nothing to suggest that a, a website uh, about wrestling could be this big yet here we are in 2014 and you know we've got grown to this height and we're we just added a professional league so i think it's flow is all about not being not going along with what was precedented and kind of pushing the envelope. So, for for that reason, I I think it it has a great chance of being successful. And I I'm obviously extremely excited about it as a wrestling fan. And I think what you mentioned about leadership is is huge. And having a guy like Askren, um, well, but you know Ben Askren, I don't know 
I don't know how many people have had the chance to interact with Ben. I think in general he um, he's known as a very intelligent guy. Um, but if you've ever got a chance to meet him and talk to him, uh, the dude's on point. And um, I'm I'm very optimistic about his ability um, to run this and to be successful. And and I think we're in a unique position too. A, a lot of those uh, other leagues, every one of those other leagues that's ever started has been entirely independent. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, we've built relationships and we're involved in the wrestling community whether we have a league or not. And we have events of our own. And we have events that we're that we're associated with. And so I think putting pro matches on existing cards um, is, is a lot easier than doing it independently and, and trying to be self-sufficient uh, with, with those cards alone. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's what's trending. And now... We'll move into uh, our thesis, and, and I was talking to Christian this morning, and um, I was actually listening to talk radio on the way in, and you know, not to get sappy, but Jeter's a special figure for me, uh, and there's been a lot of chatter um, one way and the other about his, his farewell tour. Uh, my memories of Jeter, um, largely with my grandfather growing up as a kid watching him, um, kind of the last, the last link I have to my grandfather, other than family, is uh, Derek Jeter. That's what we did. That's what we watched. So, um, <clears throat> a little sentimental there. Uh, and, and, but whether or not you have a connection to Jeter at all, uh, it brings up, it brings up a great point. Um, some people think that it's overblown uh, that these these farewell tours and all the exposure that's gone along with it. Um, is just unwarranted and they say that you know he's not that special of a player um and and so it lead, led me to believe um it led me to think about wrestling and in terms of wrestling now um you know jeter in and of himself look this year hasn't been a great year but over the course of his career uh I'd call you crazy if you didn't think he's one of the best. You, you know, people on talk radio, on blogs, on everywhere have been coming up with these statistical things. Um, this is why Jeter isn't a great player. This is why Jeter is a great player. And you can say he's overrated or not, and you can say he was never the best at any given time. There was A-Rod, Nomar, and Tejada, and they were all better than him at one time. But over the course of 20 years, I think it's, Blatantly obvious that he's one of the best. I mean, Cal Ripken's considered one of the best, uh, and Jeter's batting average is like 38 points higher career-wise. So give me a break. Um, but, but here's the litmus test for me. If the farewell tour wasn't warranted, then why does attendance go up every place he goes this year? And, and not just this year, over the course of his career. And... Um, why does the opposing team all give him gifts and give him praise? I mean, that is that to me is the evidence that you can tell that his farewell tour was warranted. But yet the media says uh, there's a lot of people in the media saying it's overblown. Keith Olbermann, with his big fat mouth, he came out with an incredible rant 
against why Jeter is mediocre. But uh, all right, before we get into, well, now me and Christian are going to make our comparisons on who we think is kind of the Derek Jeter in wrestling. But, but before we do that, Christian, what are your thoughts on the whole media frenzy of Jeter? Um, I think your history as a Yankees fan and as a Jeter fan, you kind of like, your paradigm is that, you know, everyone hates the Yankees because they are the evil empire and a lot of people do hate them. But I think I, the perspective I bring is that Jeter is universally respected and loved, and that's why this has been so huge. And I, I feel like those that are kind of against the, the farewell tour are really in the minority, and those that dislike Jeter are truly in the minority. And um, I, I, I don't think anyone who can be considered a, a, you know, an expert or even someone that has a, a fleeting knowledge of baseball can say he's not an all-time great when you consider – Maybe he was never the best at any one time. I think he won maybe a MVP. But, you know, he was excellent and sustained excellence for over, what, 20 years now, 22-year career. And he did it during the steroid era where everyone under the sun but him was cheating. So I think I think he gets the, the love, and I think he deserves it. So I feel like, you know, Jeter, Jeter deserves it. Mariano Rivera had the same thing last year, and yeah. it wasn't hated. It was the exact same thing. And I think the, the common thread with both of them is that, hey, whether you hate the Yankees or not, you have to respect the way these guys have Well, there, have, there has been, I guess, you know, people hate the Yankees, and most Yankee fans are knee-jerk reaction is, and this isn't much different than the Hawkeyes, um, you get hated on a lot. You get loved a lot, but you get hated on a lot. And uh, the Yankees fans or Hawkeye fans, when you say something about them, they run to the defense. And I don't think – I'm not doing that with Jeter because I'm a Jeter fan or a Yankee fan. And because these aren't – these comments aren't just coming from um, other fans. They're coming from – there's a, a many people in the media that don't care one way or the other about the Yankees that are saying that Derek Jeter is not worthy of this. Um, well, and so – I mean I, – I just think that's wrong. But <laughs> – Whatever. If Derek Jeter isn't, then no one, like, hardly ever was, right. in my opinion. I mean, why not? It, it, I'll say one more thing. It's that baseball is a, a sport that is so richly rooted in history and in numbers. And in, in numbers, stuff like right? So, so that's why it's so big with Jeter. And, no, this wouldn't happen in football or, or basketball, but baseball is just different. It, it's, uh, it's a very unique establishment within our country, and I think – you know, Jeter is a very um, special well, player for, for so many reasons. It's interesting that you bring up numbers because um, that is my comparison. I'm going to make a comparison. Christian, you can make an, a, a comparison to wrestling's Derek Jeter. And anybody that's listening can put their comments down below if they can uh, find a, an example of wrestling's Derek Jeter. And it's interesting that you bring up numbers because... My comparison to Jeter is is Kyle Dake. And mm. while Jeter's numbers in some cat in some categories is clear that he is superior. In other categories you can you can find stats that show that he's below average actually. Um and not that Dake has been below average in anything, but the conception is that Kyle Dake wasn't exciting. Kyle Dake 
didn't put up a lot of points. Kyle Dake had some close matches. Uh, even his senior year, uh, now your memory's better than mine. He was wrestling in a quarterfinal match or a round of 16 match, where, and it was like 4-0 or something. Do you remember that match, Christian? Help me out here. Um. Yeah, I mean, every now and again he had some closer matches, but he would always... Yeah, I mean, exactly. He had some close ones, I think, his senior right. year. But he also, an underrated thing about Dick is I think he, I'm pretty sure he led the nation in pins his senior year. So it, it's a little overblown that he did. But yes, early right. on, I guess he didn't separate. Now, now not, not taking hard numbers, I guess, is what I'm saying. Not taking hard numbers and, really, and looking at majors and pins and everything. But the perception, wouldn't you say, is sure. that is that Dake didn't, Put up the video game like numbers that David Taylor did. Well, yeah, there's there's no question, obviously, um, that he didn't put up numbers like like Taylor. So in that respect, that that was interesting that you brought up numbers. But uh, another way that I see Dake as kind of the the jeter of wrestling is that not everybody was on board with him. There was people that weren't very high on him. Um, no matter all he did was win. Uh, there was people that weren't fans, even some people that didn't kind of like really respect his wrestling ability. Um, but all the guy did was win. And there's no doubt, even, even me, I won't say just regular fans. I, there was times I doubted him. There, there was times that I think thought he could get beat. Hell, I picked Taylor every time. And I don't know if I would pick Dake in a match with Taylor tomorrow. I don't know. But so that's the kind of thing where, People, including myself, maybe didn't give Dake the respect that maybe he deserves. Uh, would you agree with that or disagree with that? Um, I think it's a little different. I I view Dake as a little more polarizing than than Jeter ever was. Personally. More polarizing than Jeter? Yeah, I, I truly believe that. I, Derek Jeter is universally loved. Whether I feel like Dake. Um, you know, there are a ton of, of people that think there are a ton. Okay, so let me say by you saying that he's more polarizing than Jeter, then I guess my Dake pick was acceptable. Because I I didn't when I came on and I said I'm going to use Dake as my as my Jeter, I thought I don't know if people will buy this, but you're buying it. Yeah, I, I buy it because his game was not always the most aesthetically pleasing, um, flashy like Burroughs or even Taylor, um, but. You know, it was just kind of blue collar found a way to win, uh, and time and time again. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's fair for sure. And what in what way is that? What you're saying? How he's polarizing because of his style and because of his, his the way he won. I mean, okay, so I think yeah, even up I to the right to the to the end, and and Dake has always had that little cockiness to him, which as exactly a, as a wrestler I love. So I mean, let's just not let's talk not not in his me in, in the way he does things on the mat, but also in his attitude, um, exactly. which is and good to have I, a mean that's streak. A, that's why I find a huge difference. Every Derek Jeter interview you've ever heard is the most boring coach speak. Meanwhile, Dake is, in my opinion, a very entertaining guy to listen to. He is confident, um, and I think that's that plays into what makes him so special is his self-belief and listening to him talk I think all his interviews are interesting and yeah sometimes he'll, he'll come off cocky and maybe he'll he'll say something he you know maybe in hindsight regrets but I, I think 
that's where he really differs from Jeter, and, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And in in some ways, that's what that's what I'm saying. Some some people he he differs from Jeter in that respect, but he's polarizing in the same way that that Jeter is, I think, or or at least the love hate aspect of it. Sure. Um. And you know what? As much as I love Derek Jeter, I hate the coach speak. I, I like give me. Give me a quote from Dake, whether I love it or hate it. He's telling you what he thinks. Yes. Um, yeah, what you see is what, is what you get with Kyle Dake, and I, I always appreciated that about him. And, and I don't – Jeter and, – And you know what? In wrestling, at least, the winners do. The winners do have something to say, and they do have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. So – I agree. That, it's a big part of what makes them great. That uh, that's my pick. So let's go to to your pick, CP. Who is your example or exemplifies uh, Derek Jeter in the wrestling world? Well, I feel like what makes Jeter so interesting is how multifaceted he's known for so many things. He's known for his sustained excellence. He's known for being very private and able to get off the grid in the largest media market in the world. And and he was clutch. So it's like. And able to like kind of elevate his game beyond what maybe uh, his talent level was, I guess if that makes sense. Like he could he could rise to the occasion when it mattered most. And so for that, for the clutch facet, I think of a guy like like Jake Rochel, who won three titles as like the ten, the four, and two seed or whatever, and always found a way to get it done, except for you know the one year, kind of able to really elevate himself beyond what probably a lot of people thought. And then I think about sustained excellence and just kind of like a blue-collar grit. And I think of J-Rob and kind of his coaching career. Now, he's not – I mean, he was a wrestler. He's not now. But I feel like he's just accumulated such a large volume of, of quality work. It's always a quality product. The team reflects this kind of hard-working grit, blue-collar values. And, you know, he's reached the highest That's levels. And, and like J-Rob and like Jeter, no one ever said – um, of J-Rock, hands down, the best D1 coach. Kind of like Jeter was never, right. hands down, the best baseball player. But 29 years later, J-Rock Yeah, is right. Still, I mean... You know what I mean? I mean, J-Rock's coaching accolades are up there with top three, right? But... Yeah. And, and everybody ever, knows... Okay, so that's a, that's a good analogy because everybody knows that J-Rock is one of the best. But yeah. they don't... They don't heap praise on him, and and no. the same way that say, um, who is he comparable to in terms of resume? I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have as many titles as John Smith, does he? Um, coaching wise, no. Uh, over that long period of time, I don't I don't know if there's a comparison. I mean, there's if we're just stacking up titles, he's not there with you know a, a lot of the guys, but you know he's won. I, I'm not sure who his parallel is within the D1. But uh, he's up honestly. there. He's up there, and he goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes uh, much more under the radar than say John Smith and Dan Gable, even yeah, even the brands really. I mean, even or Kale, or Kale, right? So, um, all he does is <laughs> put out a top five team every year. And every year. And without fail, and um, when you talk about household names, when you talk about cachet, you know, 
it's it's Kale Sanderson and Tom Brands and John Smith. They're always the names that you hear. So it's um it's kind of a good com- comparison. Uh, and 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 your other one was who? Rochelle? Yeah. And that's that's interesting because um when I put when I was writing down some notes for Dake, um I thought, you know, Dake won four titles and he still didn't have the love uh and and maybe the the, the pop that even a Bubba Jenkins or a Metcalf or a Jordan Oliver. Uh you go back to like Joe Williams. Joe Williams, you know, when Joe Williams was coming to the mat, your your my jaw would drop. Like, oh my God, I'm getting to watch Joe Williams. And <laughs> and it just wasn't the same way with, with Dake. And it, it you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I suppose that's true. I feel I don't know, I feel like Dake's insanely popular. And yeah, it's kind of a, a fleeting, you know, Bubba's phenomenon was, was kind of, you know, I don't want to say a flash in the pan, but, you know, it was a short burst. It was more the storyline that elevated Bubba uh, than, you know, what he did, and it wasn't really sustained. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like you're maybe underselling a little bit of the day clause, potentially. Uh Maybe. Well, I mean, well, I guess what I'm getting at in, in this part is that you're making a very good point with Rochelle. I mean, Rochelle won more titles than Metcalf. Oh, yeah. And, but uh, uh, <laughs> I wonder how many how many times Rochelle was the lead on Flow Wrestling compared to Metcalf. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think, I, I guess what I'm saying is when you win... It's not always it's not always the biggest winner that gets the headlines. It's not always the biggest winner that attracts um fanfare. And right. so and so I I think that's a good pick too is or at least a good point. Thanks. Yeah, another <laughs> another person I thought, you know, I feel like for the Jeter, you can't pick someone like Burroughs or Smith just these like otherworldly talents because I just don't think there's a comparison. But one where that I did kind of think about was was Kale, and now Kale is an otherworldly talent. And like talk about jaw dropping, watching him wrestle is unbelievable. But when you talk about being private and and kind of keeping yourself and keeping your head down and grinding, both as a wrestler and a coach, uh, I feel like there's a strong parallel there with with Jeter and Kale. And talk about coach speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kale plays it close to the vest. Yeah, I love it. It's a, it'll be interesting too. Um, I don't think Kale will ever change. I, like I don't think he'll ever really open up, even when his coaching career is done. But it'll be interesting to see if Jeter does. Um, yeah. Now that you know, it's I mean, different some when people you're are just private. I mean, Derek Jeter is a private person and and wants to keep parts of his life to himself. And, and Kale thinks, you know, believes that you know the way. The best thing for his team, you know, everything he does, I think, is with the team in mind, and I think the same thing is true for for Jeter. I think there's that parallel there as well. You know what I mean? Like that's what he thinks is best. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And well, I mean, that's Jeter to me always was quiet and reserved and kept things in house for the sake of his team. Um, 
and maybe maybe he is just like Kale in that he's just a private person. I think, but that's what I'm saying. Maybe now we'll learn that he's out of the team, and there's no more ramifications on that. We'll see if he's a little bit more public. I mean, he's been in movies and stuff. You know, yeah. he's made appearance on Saturday Night Live. There is a little bit of, a little bit of, I don't want to say fun in the guy, but he loosens up a little bit. Sure. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see the next couple of years how that plays out um, with, with Jeter and how his personality maybe opens up, or maybe this is just who he is. He's gonna he's gonna keep to himself. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's what we have for this week. Enjoy your Saturday, and. Um, Definitely right underneath who you think um, what we said was stupid, what we said was smart, and who you think is comparable uh, to Derek Jeter in the wrestling world. Thanks, guys, and thanks, Christian. Yeah, man, thanks, Willie.